love. Some would say it took a backseat when the pandemic forced us apart. As a family-run and proudly Canadian-owned company, Charm Diamond Centres saw the need to bring us together with tales of love and created the Canadian Love Map podcast. Since then, we've shared hundreds of real, uplifting stories that prove love conquers all. So thank you for listening. We couldn't do it without you. And remember, love starts here. This is a true Canadian love story. We were meant to be together. I can't imagine my life without you. Honestly, he's a light of my life. It's nice to be in that tractor beam of love. I'm her biggest fan. I, I think I knew I'd lost my heart again. I knew I wanted a marriage like that. Difficult roads can lead to very beautiful destinations. Well, love is the most important thing. Flowers are emotion. Flowers are emotion. And when, when we can do that, when we can, when we can share love through the beauty of flowers, um, that power is so extraordinary. And to be able to share that with David was just a, just a, a magical time, a beautiful time for us, beautiful time for us, things that I won't ever forget. Hi, I'm Nancy Regan. Today's love story belongs to Neville and David from Nova Scotia. If you ask them, their story is nothing special. But to many who have been blessed to know them, they are icons. Neville is a renowned florist and public speaker. David, a traveling hairstylist and talented musician. This dynamic duo has been together for nearly three decades. So their relationship began at a time when the world was not so accepting of their love. Despite this, they live very public lives, spreading a message of love, acceptance and kindness wherever they go. This is the Canadian Love Map. Neville and David, who just whispered, you start. David did. He said, you start. Yeah. You start. That's how okay, we met, guys, by the yeah, way. Yeah, you guys start. This is We're going to do something different then. You start. <laughs> no, you start. That's how we met, by the way. Yeah. You start. <laughs> no, you are. You no, Nancy, <laughs> you start. You start. Do you know, one of the first questions people always ask, David and I, how long have you two been together? And I always say 20 odd years. And this one says seven happy ones. Yeah. Yeah. I thought That's you said very cool. odd. No, very. Listen, do you know what? You get up one day and you're married to Krusty the Clown and you just go with it. And, <gasps> and that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. We met in the most odd way. I was buying <laughs> flowers for my last partner from Neville, and he was really uh, straight acting, straight looking. And so red roses and beans Not friends every three weeks. No, God no. <laughs> and uh, Neville would always say, why don't you try something different? And I, and I kept saying, no, let's just have the red roses and baby's brush. So after I ran far away from this guy and, and moved in the dark of night in garbage bags, uh, I met Neville and said, you know, we how are you? And he said, I hear you're single. I said, yes, we, <laughs> yes, I am. And yeah, he said, we should have coffee sometime. And I said, we should, but I'm not going to sleep with you. And he said, sure you will. So then I did. And then uh, three weeks later, we moved in together. And five months later, we bought a house and opened up another business. And it's just been, that's what our relationship has been. It has been a whirlwind for nearly three decades. Well, that's it. And, yeah. you know, that when I... When I first saw him, when he was single, he had a lovely tan. He'd just come back from goodness knows where. I glowed. I said, you know, all those times when you bought that red rose and baby's breath, this is the cheesiest thing I've ever used as a line. And it worked. It worked. I said, all those times, I said, you should try something different. I wasn't talking about the flower. Yeah. 
And it worked. I know, right? But it worked. That's what I was going to say. And then, you know, yeah. and that was it. Game we over. Did. Game over. And I was on CTV on breakfast television and there was just before New Year's and there was a psychic on and some astrologist and doing all that weird stuff. And she came over to me. She said, come here, come here, come here. And so I, I, I went there and she said, you know what's going to happen to you in the next year? And I said, no. And she said, in the next year, she said, you will find the love of your life. You will buy a car and you will get a house in that order. I said, is that so? I guess I'm on in a minute. So that I never thought of it until fast forward a couple of minutes later, meet this one, bought yeah. a car, truck actually, which is good for me, and then bought a house all within six months. Bang, 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 bang. Yep. So. Wow. Did you ever go back to her to say, okay, what's the next chapter? I was scared too. I thought, oh no. <laughs> She's going to say, oh, well, I hope you enjoyed that little moment because look yeah. at you now. <laughs> Your legs but it's been fall brilliant. Off. It's no. been brilliant. What a, tr- what a, yeah. what a, if someone said to me, you know, 30 years ago, this is what's going to happen to you, good, bad, and otherwise, I'd have laughed and laughed and laughed and I said, forget it. That's not going to happen. But it really has. And I mean, I've been on such a whirlwind trip with this one. Um, good, bad, and otherwise. We've had some great times. We've had some horrible times. We've had some, some beautiful times. And we've traveled so much with my mom, yeah. which people have said to David, like, how do you travel with your mother-in-law? He said, well, you know, she likes me better than Neville. And, you know, so it's that's just been so cool, hasn't it? Yeah, it has been. And I mean, that's a great extension of our lives is to have our family involved in our relationship. So, I mean, that's fantastic. Neville was the first man that I ever brought home to meet my family. And I was 35 when I met him. And now I'm 118 Canadian. So that was many years ago. Mm-hmm. And But only 72 American. The second date that I had with Neville, um, you know, we both were pretending we didn't smoke and that lasted about a minute. And then we smoked a pack and a half a piece at Le Bistro and then got up the next day and drove to the country and pulled up in front of this old farmhouse. And uh, I didn't know where we were. And I uh, come around the corner of the house and this dear old British woman with one of 17 white cardigans that she owned came around the corner and said, hello, Neville. And that was his mother. And he introduced me to his mother on her second date. And the rest is history. And I looked at him and I thought, you're the same guy in front of your mother as you were at dinner last night. And I thought that is an exceptional thing, you know? Oh, yes. That, I like, love that, that so much, That says David. it all. And and one of my friends, Howard, that I worked with when I worked for the AIDS, Nova, AIDS uh, organization here in Nova Scotia, Howard looked at me and he said, this is going to last a lifetime because this is the first person you've ever had in your life that you didn't think you were better than. Because it was all ego driven, right? This big attitude. Oh, but it's true. And he was absolutely right. I had no need to have pretense or to be snotty or to be self-absorbed. I just desired or required. Not desired or required. And we just live our lives for each other. We want a better life for each other. And that's that's really been the foundation of these decades Decades. together. I think I think too. What what has worked so well for us, we see so many couples that are so codependent. They're so codependent. I'm going if you are. I'm sitting if you are sitting. I'm standing if you are standing. I'll go. Ugh, I can't. I love my own company. I've always loved my own yep. company. I, I, I don't get... I don't get lonely. I enjoy my own company. So David has always allowed me to be myself and go off on some of these big floral adventures that I've gone pretty much, you know, all over North America and South America and into Europe that has taken me 
alone. And sometimes he'll go with me and sometimes he won't, but he'll always wave me off at the airport and welcome me home when I get home. And that's so nice because people have said to me, doesn't David get upset that you travel so much? Well, no, no, because I, I usually have one of my suitcases filled with goodies for him when I get home. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, there is that. But, you know, it's wonderful. You want to set someone free and they come back and they're fulfilled and they don't feel upset about leaving someone behind and they just go and meet their dream. And I, I think that's wonderful. I was thinking about you guys. I've known you for a long time. Yes. And I was chuckling this afternoon and thinking that uh, it's only recently that I learned what the expression OG means, uh, original gangster. And you guys are, in terms of gay couples in Nova Scotia, you're OG. The original and, gays. Yeah. And, and you know, I think about uh, young people today who are gay and understand what it's like in, in terms of um, the world's acceptance of their relationships. And do they have any idea what it was like for you? Can you tell me each of your stories of coming out? Tell her your story about the about the first march. I got sober 33 years ago. And the first year of that, there was um, a gay march. And it started on Goddigen Street. And there were about 25 or 30 people. Uh, there were clergy and lawyers and doctors and, you know, um, this kind of stuff. And a bunch of us, the rest of them, like the Gilligan and the Mary Ann's, right? And uh, there we were behind a restaurant and we walked out onto Goddard Street and we put um, paper bags over our heads and made our way down uh, Cogswell Street onto Barrington, scared to death. I thought I was going to die from anxiety, but that was the foundation of my sober life and being gay because I knew just intuitively knew that that was going to help somebody else. Uh, but I knew that to be true. And that was before I met Neville. Yeah, five and that years. Is the, that's the definition of bravery, right? Being absolutely. scared and doing it anyway. So raw. Just absolutely so raw. And, and uh, I mean, that opened so much to me. It, it, it became to the point that really taught me a lot about my orientation is really no different than the color of my eyes. It is the genetic me. I'm 5'11". I'm a little curvier than I'd want to be. And I'm gay. And so I don't lead with that. I just happen to be gay. And, and, uh, but I also happen to be Irish, you know, I also suffer from memory loss. I mean, it's no, you know, it's just the package of who this guy is. And, and so it took a lot of work, uh, to get there and get real with that, you know, that's oh, for that's sure. That's, and, and yeah. that, that's the thing when, when I met David, I knew that he had had not a struggle, but, um, struggle. Well, it's different kinds of struggles. I mean, we all have struggles, of course. We all we all go through stuff, and we you know we talk about oh, I was bullied, and I was yeah, I was too. You know, I I know now that um, if someone throws a beer can in you, there's still beer in it. You, they're serious. If if there's no beer in it, they're just they're just drunk. They're just throwing a can. It just does nothing, <laughs> right? It's true. It's true. And yeah, I've had that situation. I yeah, I had someone. Um, Try to push me in front of a bus on Spring Garden Road. Thank God for those dreadfully huge old garbage cans they had there. You just grab a hold of one, and it wouldn't go anywhere. Very okay. useful. Bitch, you're not getting okay, me. You're making a joke out of it, but but that's a serious but, thing. But that Nancy, happened? Nancy, here's the thing. Yes, you know, you're right. to get through something, sometimes all we have to, all, all my people haven't been able to do because we both grew up and and lived through the AIDS epidemic, 
And sometimes you just couldn't cry anymore. You just couldn't mourn anymore. You couldn't be upset anymore. Turn the music up and dance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And cheer and celebrate life. And that's something that as I started my mother's bloomers, our flower shop, I said, I won't do funeral work. I won't do it. I just won't. But I'll do all celebrations of life because that's what I think flowers and that's what I think we need to do is to celebrate life. And that's that's you know, so shit's happened. I mean, stuff's happened. Of course it has to all of us. There's been some bad stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And and I know that as well as David and everyone else. And when I think about the the, the the journey that we've had, I mean, I was really never in the closet because, you know, um, it was so full of shoes and things. There was no room for me. But and it was having, a small but, house. But having, well, you know, yeah. but I had two gay brothers, too. So that didn't hurt. Um, oh, really? One was up, moved out long before I even knew him. And and so, you know, when we grew when we were growing up, my brother and I, um, my father knew instinctively, bless his heart, that Neville would never be the the the. Uh, wood chopper and hunter and all that sort of stuff that tobacco chewing, spitting, scratch your ass kind of hunter, that kind of guy. I'm not him. I'm not him. Yeah. But I'll make you a fine meal and I can certainly bake a loaf of bread if you need me to. And and I can sew just as well as any any mistress or lady. And I learned all those things from my mom. And my father was just so brilliant in, in accepting and allowing that. And I think that's the thing, you know, when people say, isn't it wonderful that, every, that this is such a tolerant world for LGBTQ? No, 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 no. Don't ever think you have to tolerate me. If you have to tolerate right. me, piss off. Accept right. me or go away. And that's how I've always lived my life. If you don't accept me, I, listen, I don't like cilantro, but if someone else loves it, go ahead. It's just yeah. not for me. That's true. You know, and I could be, I'm cilantro to a lot of people. You know, <laughs> I don't like him. Good, good, because... We probably wouldn't be a good fit. For the record, I love cilantro. I could tell. And and I will tell you that it, it strikes me that it was a stroke of genius that you started uh, My Mother's Bloomers because it meant it was a business that you didn't have to, you know, hide. Not that no. you were going to hide your sexuality anyway, but it actually... You know, it worked so well. Your flamboyance actually makes your business and and it's taken it from a floral shop to a worldwide global domination kind of uh, (laughs) career for you. It's very humbling. You know, I, I don't take any of that for granted. Never did. It's very humbling. I'm very proud of what we were able to do. And I think one of the biggest things, Nancy, is when David and I got married, we did it live on the radio, and in fact, they had to stop in the middle of it to play Beat the Bank on C100, which I thought was hysterical. But because it was live on the radio, and then they rebroadcast it on CTV Morning Live on breakfast television, the next day I was at the store, and, and one of the girls said, there's a lady on the phone, and she's really upset. She's crying. She's almost hysterical. And I thought, here we go. Someone watched it, and you know, someone's going to be upset and tell me off. So I get on the phone, and hi. And she said, I just want to tell you. Long story short, she said... Um, her daughter and her sat and watched our wedding. And and after it was all over, she said, my daughter finally came out to me after all so many years that I knew she was gay. And she finally felt comfortable enough to, came, to come out. And we sat and we laughed and we kidded and we drank wine and we hugged and mm. just loved each other for hours after that. She said, and I just want to thank you for that. And you had someone else, didn't you? They had a, um, some type of a contest on the radio station uh, from Bell uh, about, you know, how many days is it till they get married? Do you think they should get married? Who's going to wear what? All these silly questions just to kind of get the interest in the event, which was Mm -hmm. uh, 
Epic. Epic. Yeah. And uh, anyway, a counselor I met at a dinner party the week before we got married, and she was uh, worked in a transition house uh, for young people. One of her clients in the in the home uh, was a young gay man who had been thrown out of his house because his parents couldn't stand him any longer. Uh, so there he was, and he had been listening to this contest for an entire week. And when uh, the day of the wedding came, this still just kills me. No. He walked into the room and screamed at her, I'm normal. And it blew my mind. And, you know, that's what the paper bag was for 30 years before. Was right there. Was right yeah. there. That that kid could see himself in someone else. And, and that was an amazing moment. It truly was. And I know that he will give that to somebody else. And he will. Yeah. A dozen absolutely. times over. And that's the whole thing about life right there. That is the most amazing thing is that you are the content of yourself. Your actions make a difference in someone else's life. So if it takes three decades, you know, I would never have heard that story until how did I end up at that dinner party and a counselor sitting next to me at the table just blew my mind. I, I couldn't believe it. And and so, you know, those are the things that keep you going. I just think it's brilliant, though, Nancy, that I've got over 20 years of being on breakfast television and morning live on, a, on as a regular and doing a lot of other television and radio and stage things around. And to see people that come in the store that are adults, yeah. adult people and say, I've watched you since I was a child. You were my first gay person that I saw and I really looked up yeah. to. You guys are icons. And all those all those big words that you associate with with those other people and not us, because I don't consider myself an icon. I certainly don't consider myself anything more than a mentor to some and um an inspiration perhaps to to some others. And I think that's that's an important thing. If we it it always keeps me very humble when people say those accolades and just very humble. Yeah. And it's a brilliant thing. Very, very thankful. But, you know, you're a great example, both of you, that it really is possible to change the world just by being yourself. Amen, sister. Be present. And, and you know, my, uh, we used to buy floats and stuff for the gay pride parade. And, and I had a, a relative who, um, mm -hmm. we all drank too much, but I had a relative who was really angry that I was in the gay pride parade and she, and she was just shrieking at me. And she said, oh, I suppose you're in every parade in town now, are you? And I said, no, I think you're confusing me with a Shriner. This is not actually what I do. So, you know, it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. And it took me a lot of years of doing that with Neville uh, on a parade or in a Cadillac or whatever, waving at people like we like we were, you know, royalty. And 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 the thing was, it took me about a decade of that before I realized why I did that. And I did that in the clothes I wore to work, right? The same guy, Catherine McFarland's youngest kid, and 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 with Neville McKay, mm -hmm. and we were just us. You know, we were just yeah. enjoying the moment and not trying to shove it at people. Uh, it was just a a really healthy way to identify. You know, just to be who we are every day of life, and we just happen to be on a float filled with flowers that day. And that's Absolutely. a remarkable And every day thing. is a parade for us, David. Every day. Well, every, every day. Every day is a parade, and every day is, is, is a pride day, Yep. If, if you allow it to be. Well, you know, some, some, like some Santa days. Claus, every day is like Christmas Day, yeah. but it's not. Well, some days not so much, but, you know, <laughs> right. that's okay. 
That's when you bury your head into a jar of peanut butter. Absolutely. And, and just yes. shake for five or six hours. Yeah. And then the next day is, is just a half a jar of peanut butter. But you pick it up. Yeah. You do. It's that. I got a kick out of hearing you two tell me that uh, when the lockdown happened in 2020, I pictured that you were out at your old place where you had talked about that I had brought the cameras for Good Morning Canada way back in the day. But you were you had rented that by then and you were working full time mm-hmm. while everyone else was locked down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't I have never worked with Neville and I'm not a florist. I have a salon business which closed uh, when COVID started. And when COVID started, Neville had no staff because he couldn't give someone six feet in which to work. So back then, right, with the hazmat suit and the 12 masks and and all that stuff. So I went in as Neville's only employee and started learning the flower business. And, you know, I felt like a security guard and a cleaner and a phone answerer and an order taker. <laughs> I mean, I've done retail, you know, way back, but, you know, in the 70s. You did fine. 80s. How did it work with your relationship? Not great. Because, yeah. it, you know what? And that's okay. Because yeah, it. it's not supposed to be comfortable, you know, yeah. with that kind of stuff. You need to have a little bit of distance, I've, I have found. Uh, but it's been good, you know? It was a new, it was a new experience. I reskilled myself. I came to appreciate the work that he does, I am artistic in other ways. I am no florist. And to watch him just turn nothing into everything and see the joy on people's faces is just mind-bending to me. But it's not my forte in life. But but working together has been a pretty cool it was, experience. It was a great yeah. experience. It really was. Good, yeah. bad, and otherwise. And I think you have, to take, you have to take the bad and learn from it. And there was some stuff that that ain't good. Um, um, that that ain't good. You 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 gotta go. Um, and he knows I can't go. I'm making the flower arrangements. But you know, yeah. if we're about like to do this, someone's gotta go. And and that's okay. That's and that's okay. okay. We know our boundaries. And you know, to be open during that time was so important because we weren't open. But we were doing deliveries for people. And I will tell you, Nancy. As hard as it was to work with David, it was just brilliant to be able to go over to him after receiving. There was, there was once, I'll tell you, once I received a call from a a, a gentleman in, in Alberta whose father had just died in Nova Scotia, and he couldn't come down to the funeral because he would be uh, quarantined here for two weeks and then have to quarantine back there for two weeks, and he's got children and couldn't go back and forth. And his mother was quarantined with covid in an apartment by yourself. So oh he was be, he was beside himself. So mm-hmm. I I said, listen, I'll crawl through glass to get that fl- those flowers to her, which, you know, we didn't have to, but we got them to her. Um, hung the phone up. Next call, immediately the next call was a lady who's, who was sending flowers over to Hospice Halifax, which is a brilliant, brilliant, beautiful place. Mm-hmm. Beautiful place. And we send them flowers all the time just from us because it's a beautiful place. And... Her mother had died, but they had found an iPad or something so she could Skype with her and sat with her while her mother died. And she, I said, you watched your mother die on, on, on FaceTime? She said, I did. I did. Mm-hmm. So that sort of, that, that, you know, you can, you can either take that and wear it like a brooch or keep it inside, which will cause a tumor, or you can talk it out. And I was able to talk that out with my husband immediately. And he understood immediately because when you hear those stories, 
flowers our emotion. Flowers our emotion. And when, when we can do that, when we can, when we can share love through the beauty of flowers, um, that power is so extraordinary. And to be able to share that with David was just a, just a, a magical time, a beautiful time for us, beautiful time for us. Things that I won't ever forget. This podcast is brought to you by Charm Diamond Centers, Canada's largest family-owned jewelry store. They are proud to be putting love on the map. And the staff at Charm Diamond Centers are thrilled to be a part of your love story too. So visit charmdiamondcenters.com or one of your local stores. Love starts here. Interesting though, because David creates beauty in an artistic way with a different medium and also nurtures people uh, through doing their hair. Well, you know, I, I've been that person all of my life, and and I just find a space. My parents were very much like that. We were the center of the community. Our house raised most of Rockingham, I think, and it was just, I was raised in a sense of community. Do you know what I mean? That's a very important thing to our family, to be part of something greater than ourselves and mm-hmm. to be useful. Uh, was something that just came. And that was in a very alcoholic home, which wasn't abusive, which was not loud and abrasive. It was just a disease that we all shared. I lived with wonderful, wonderful people, which is how I ended up living with wonderful, wonderful people. Uh, To your point, creativity, you know, I'm a musician, a a classical guitarist and a a folk singer and- and Beautiful musician. Thank you very much. I actually did in the Netherlands, I did an event about a month ago and it had been three years since I'd stepped in front of a microphone and that's all I could do to keep it together. That is something that's been a joy of my life, even as a child. So to be able to come back and do that and practice it and pick it up, the guitar off the wall and start picking again. Unbelievable. And he does it so beautifully because he cares. Mm. He cares. You know, you can, you can go to anyone who can do a, have a skill. I know in my industry, there are people that have, they're really, really good at doing what they do. Yeah. But it's not in here. It's yeah, like when if you it's, could, if it's strategic that's or it. at an intellectual yeah, level, it doesn't land in the not same a, way. Absolutely. Well, intellectually, it's, you will not feel it because it's won't. not designed to be felt. It's right? the same as making a real your grandma grandma's loaf of bread or or great aunt so and so's pasta recipe that she just does a little bit of this and a little bit of that and off it goes and she's got it done and you can follow that to the finest grain of salt and it's still not going to taste as good because it's not it doesn't come from the heart and that's the thing that I see I mean David's no Vidal Sassoon for hair he does really good job but as importantly he makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. He makes you feel good. He makes you feel good with his hair. He makes you feel good as a person. He makes you feel good about yourself. He makes you feel good when he plays. And that's something. We, we've done some gigs together where he plays while I make a floral piece. And the symbiosis there is incredible um, just to watch how those flowers move and dance to his music. And it's really cool, to, really, really cool. And something we're, we're trying to work on a little bit more heavily as, as a, a project to do something like that. Because it just works. It just well, works. Well, there's security issues, of course, because you can't often have the entire royal family in one no. room. So we don't do a lot of it's gigs tough. together. There's royalty here. There's lineage that we're <laughs> concerned about. And, of course, our offspring, you know, Loretta the cat and so on. You know, is she ready to take hold? I, I don't know. 
It's too much. But the event we did for it was for Byrony House, actually, which we're great supporters of. We love the work that they do. Uh, and so, you know, I did some couples, a little set of music. Neville I did. It was so funny. He was so it was so great to see him designing. You don't realize that he's educating you because it's so entertaining. And so that's going on. I play, he does. I play, he does. And then at the end of the show, we um, we did a piece together and it was called uh, Last Night I Had the Strangest Dream by Ed McCurdy, who was um, an American um, activist uh, during Vietnam. And he, he wrote this song called Last Night I Had the Strangest Dream I've Ever Dreamed Before. And um, I read it as a, I spoke it as a poem, played it as an instrumental, and then sang that song. I look over and there is Neville designing a yellow and blue uh, arrangement. Uh, for the Ukraine. And there was not a dry eye in the place. And, you know, when you look at that kind of stuff, you just, it can't help but rip rip the guts out of you. It just, something had to be said. And that was so freeing to both of us because it was a simple statement that we did uh, as a couple, you know, and it meant a lot to a lot of people. I'll, I'll never forget that. That was really, really special. Yeah. And that's the true power of art, isn't it? Isn't it, though? Absolutely. Isn't it, though? I mean, one of my friends uh, in recovery said, you know, because I was just so nervous about doing this. And he said, the greatest gift you'll have is in the practice. Just practice that every day and just enjoy that process. And you're going to see through practice that you're going to get better and better as you go. And so the final event isn't really that important. It's the process of getting there. And I so appreciate Wayne for that because it's a very simple thing, but it took away the pain of not being, you know, as good as I was three years ago. My mom always told me because my mom um, was a, is a British war bride and she grew up during the Depression in England and lived through, through the Blitz in London. And uh, when COVID started, I said, Mom, how do we get through this? It's so dreadful. She said, look, she said, I'll tell you what I've always told you. You look for the good and don't don't give any energy to the bad. She said, the bad's all around us. And, you know, you can focus on that mm. if you want to. But she said, why? She said, when the bombs started to hit in London and we had to run down into the tubes, into the underground, she said, I stopped for a brief moment and looked, there were some ducks in a pond. She said, I looked at these little ducks swimming around and there's some little flowers next to the, next to the pond. And I remember seeing those. I just looked at those and just for a second, and then she said, off I ran. And she said, stay down there for hours. But she said, I just remember those ducks. in Because that was the good. That's what I wanted to. And so to look at David laying there, I could say, oh, my God, what happened to you? Yeah. Um, but rather than that, I would, look, look what happened to you. Because why not? What's a positive thing? You earned you earned all that stuff, boy. I, that was oh, my good cooking, number one. Hell yeah. Mm, absolutely. Hell yeah. Well, well, there's I something to be said. I have to go back to your mom for a second, sure. then, Neville, because yeah. it's so interesting to hear you talk about her philosophy because I've witnessed you highlighting her through the past couple of years mm. on social media and it has been it has been light in the darkness for so many people to see your beautiful relationship and i'm talking about both of you the yeah. way you oh, shower God, yeah. her with love this 99 year old woman it has it has really i i speak personally i but i know it's true for other people she's got thousands of followers thousands of people um follow her which is just it's so it's so mind blowing you know and the stories that she tells and the stories that I can remind her about because her memory isn't that good 
as uh, now at all. But I'll just remind her and she can remember things that she told me. That's one of the things that I said I will always treasure. Um, when I was a child growing up, every night after school or even before I was in school, we would take a walk around the garden every day, every day. So I remember coming home from school one night. I was probably eight or nine. wasn't very old. And my mom said, quick, Neville, you, should, you must come and see. Let's have a look around the garden. There's something you must see. It's absolutely marvelous. So around the back of the house, there was a little tiny, it was jolly jumpers. You know, they're little pansies, but they're little violas, little teeny mini things, not as big as the size you need a thumb. And that was in bloom against the side of the house. This was the end of November. We'd already had snow and frost and whatnot. But all, there was only three petals out of the five left on it, just three little petals. And that was it. And I thought, oh, she started to go, right? And I said, Mom, I said, it's only got three petals, dear. She said, but aren't they great petals? Look at them. She said, they were absolutely beautiful. Pet Look at those petals. Aren't they lovely? They're so beautiful. And she said, you know, you'll probably not see those petals again until next spring. So she said, you better have a good look at them now. Three beautiful petals. And she said, you know, there'll be one day I'll probably only have two or three petals left myself. And she said, I'd like to think that I still have some value. She said, look how beautiful those petals are. Now, you know, and it's those sorts of stories that I remember so much as a child, you know, that, that she still instills in me now. Um, as a lady of 99, that, that I, get, I get so much strength from her. It's, a, it's, a, it's an incredible thing. Very simple, very yeah. simple philosophy. Simple messages, but, yeah. you know, it's, it's like really good food. You don't have to do a whole lot to it to get your point across, you know, and she, she makes, yeah. makes her point very quickly and very easily. Yeah. Every, well, every time she, she always says a prayer before she eats. And, uh, and she just says, and to be ever mindful of, of the needs, needs of others. Of others. Mm -hmm. And do you know, that is the first thing I think of when I get up in the morning. Uh, and so I go and feed the cat. You know, mm -hmm. I do. I feed the cat. I love the cat. I do all those things to be mindful of the needs of others because she should be fed before I should be fed. And those are the philosophies that just, you know, it translates into your daily life. That if you want to haul yourself out of your own stuff and get out of your, or stop thinking yourself to death, uh, then be ever mindful of the needs of others. And suddenly there's room to actually breathe in your own life. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, if nothing else ever happened in our relationship with, with Joyce, uh, it would be that I'd learned that. It's just about the simplicity of life, to be ever mindful of the needs of others. And suddenly that the rest of that stuff is so not important in, in how I think of myself. I think about, was I mindful today? Did I take time to be, to be thoughtful and to listen and not fix it for somebody else? Just to be present in someone else's life? That took a long time to learn that. Boy, I'll tell you, I'm the fixer. Once you met me. Yeah, I mean, you're perfection. And once in a while, I take out a, a can of Pledge and shine them up. But other than that, I mean, look at them for God's it's sake. true. Yeah, uh, it's too much. No, I think you're right there, David. I think that's the sweet spot of life. That's beautiful. A hundred percent it is. I mean, that is no matter what. What have you learned from each other? Mm -hmm. Patience in the last couple of years. What about you, David? What have you learned from me? Well, you know, um, I, I'm going to think about that for like 11 seconds. So you go ahead. <laughs> Nancy, I'll tell you, what I've learned from David is, is there's a lot that I've learned from David. I've, I've learned patience. Patience is not an easy thing to have for a lot of people. It's just not. And I've never been what you call the most patient man in the world. I just, come on, let's go. And I had to learn patience very quickly with David. 
Um, because David does beat to his own the, the beat of his own drum sometimes. Okay, yep. well, David's going to go and David's going to go. So I learned patience. I learned how beautiful it is to do nothing, you know, because define nothing. You can you can be the busiest person in the, and have the busiest day and get nothing done. That's tiresome. But you can just have a nothing day and it's absolutely brilliant, absolutely brilliant, full of love, full of charm. I've learned from him that we don't we don't have to be the da, 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 that, you know, everybody seems to think we are. We can turn off, although we're David is exactly the same person now as he is on a stage, as he is on television, as, as am I. Yeah. But we can just sort of, you know, yeah. and take the bra off kind of thing, you know, and yeah. just relax for a little bit. Take the bra off. And we off. do. Yeah. And we can sit and laugh and fart <laughs> and carry on and just have a great time with each other. And that that sense of of comfort is a wonderful thing. If you can find someone that you can get a sense of comfort with and unconditional comfort, you know, that you can say, I don't feel well and mean it, or I, I, I need to talk and I, I, I mean it, or I don't want to talk and I mean it, or I don't want to go there. I, I, I don't, I, I'm not, I, I don't want to go. Okay. And, or I do want to go, or this is what I'd like, or this is what I don't like. That's, that comfort level is a glorious thing, a glorious thing. And that I've been so fortunate to have with David pretty much from the get go. And that's, that's something when you find that in someone, hold on, tie them down, do whatever you need to do, because that's, that's what really works for me anyway. And it really does. That comfort level is glorious. That's so kind. Okay, David, you've had more than 11 seconds. What have you I know, right? No, well, I don't know if there was any value in it. But, you know, that the people say to us, oh, my God, you must just do nothing but laugh all day long. No. no. You know, when we get home at night, we're like the frog on the Bugs Bunny show that sings Hello, My Baby until someone sees him. And then it just sits there and looks at you. That's us. We have no compulsion to talk to each other. We are just so comfortable in our silence with each other. And that is, uh, given our personalities, that is love right there. Like that is such a gift to be able to close the door and just know that that's always gonna be. So that's something that I learned. Something I also learned is about character. The person you are when no one else is looking. And that is, I had never seen that so shockingly true. Uh, until I met Neville McKay, he has this character and this integrity that he just is. It's not something he has to promote or work towards. The foundation of him is that. And then that's just, that's, he's Joyce McKay's little boy. You know, that's who I married. Not, uh, not the guy on stage with the with great career of flower industries with so many more opportunities coming because they are. No, I married Joyce McKay's youngest kid. And that's, I know where he comes from. And he taught me that. So I'm very grateful for that. That's a gorgeous sentiment. I was Thank going you. to ask you next, what do you love most about Neville? But is did you already answer the question? I don't know. I think so. I mean, it's, there must it's, be more. Do you know what? I can't imagine there is. I mean, I, I only know 27 words and I, I can mix them up again for you. You did very well. You know, I hope there's not a written test after this. <laughs> that no, be... that was really, that was just, uh, beautiful. <laughs> Neville, what do you love most about David? His fragility that, that is is bound by a, just an unbelievable power of, 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 of determination um, because he's very fragile. He's a very fragile petal. And, and, very much so. When I see that, it doesn't break my heart. It warms my heart because he's very mm. fragile. But I've never met someone as strong as him and as a 
don't you mess with me because I'm going to because he's going to get the job done because he does and he does it with grace and 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 humility and humor um which is which I find inspiring I I, I find so many things about him inspiring because he just gets up and does it he's one of the best storytellers I have ever heard ever heard um ever the best storytellers i mean he can just he zings them off it's just brilliant in there somewhere um and i think oh, i got to write this down um because, but i can't because he's on to the next one but he's so fragile at the same time because when things around this world are upsetting um he can he can just absorb that and absorb that that energy to try to take take the pain away from other people and that is such a beautiful thing sad a lot of times because he does take that in himself but that's one of the things i love about him that he does if someone's in pain and someone's suffering he will take that energy away from you as much as he possibly can to cradle you emotionally and that is a beautiful beautiful thing about this man that i just love um thank you because it's there and it's it's honest so There you go. But that's I mean that thank you so much for that. That was truly uh mind bending and it warms that's my true. heart. Well, and you as well. And I could say all of those things about you too. But you know when in this culture when you grow up as a man, those things, uh emotional fragility, uh to grieve openly, uh to oh, be yeah. sensitive uh is considered uh or at least in my experience considered to be feminine and weak and so feminine uh was considered weak and wrong uh and that's how i was raised as a boy child and it took a lot of work to come back to that and actually see that those weaknesses and that fragility is the stuff that's going to open the world for me mm-hmm. and and help me to be a teacher and a student at the same time i am drawn to people that are like me people are drawn to me for that reason it's just mm-hmm. an emotional thing it's not an upside down cart we neville and i live through our hearts and and we always have but it took work for both of us neville wasn't raised by the von traps you know and neither well he was gretel in one production well, it was. but we weren't raised as the von traps i mean there was some heavy heavy knocks uh to get here in life but but good lessons uh on the way through do I want to do it again no I do not you know I'm done with that uh but I know uh where I am and I know who I am from where I sit feminine equals strong totally, totally. <laughs> I I I couldn't agree <laughs> more me too my you. darling absolutely yeah I know I know I knew you would agree um I can't help but ask uh Neville If David were a flower, what kind of flower would he be? Do you know it's it's funny because you're not the first person that's asked me that question. Oh, really? They've asked me I that question. It would be no, no. Well, you know, it's it's <laughs> no, but my my answer won't be either because David is not a not a flower. He's a bouquet, and I think that's the way a lot of people are. Damn. I think yes. people that are that are one note, they're like a one trick yes. pony. They're just oh, you're a daisy, and you know, I do this I do this analogy with a bouquet of flowers when I do a presentation for a group of people that David actually taught me once. And that's why I said it was a bouquet because I'll I'll pick a, a bouquet and say all these different flowers don't necessarily look like they go together but they will if they're put together properly. <clears throat> so I'll do everything from a carnation. And a carnation looks like this today, it looks like this tomorrow, it looks like this next week and then it's dead. There's nothing that's all it is, just a carnation, right? Um or there's a daisy. You look at a daisy, it's a daisy and you carry on. <laughs> it's a daisy. And there's a rose, a very classic, very beautiful. It's a classic beautiful rose. Or there's this 
foolish looking weird tropical flower protea. I don't know. Is it a flower? Is it a green? I don't know what it is, but it's it's weird. And I'll put it in there. There's an Alstomeria that has this long name, very pretentious long name, but really it's just a tiny little flower. It's not much to it, but it's Alstomeria, you know, and then there's trendy flowers, non-trendy flowers. So, and they're all types of people, right? But when you put them all together, it makes for an incredible bouquet of such diverse and varied forms of, of emotions and textures and movements and types. And that's how I see David, because, you know, not like I'm not I'm not saying that, you know, that one minute you're you're Jacqueline, the next minute you're Hyde or one minute you're Heidi, the next minute you're not, no, I <laughs> you understand. know, but it's just it's just he's such a bouquet of, of beautiful things that. You can you can pick out different parts of him in different types of flowers, and I see that so often. He's a bouquet, darling. I think that might be just about the best compliment we've ever heard on the Canadian Love Map. I, uh, if I weren't uh, deeply medicated right now, I would be on the floor, <laughs> bawling my head off. That thank you. But it's true. I've said that before. You're just you're a bouquet. You know, it's like when people say, "What's your favorite flower?" I don't have a favorite flower. I never did. I don't. <laughs> Well, that that is lovely. I, I, you know what? I believe that we're all a work in progress, oh, totally. and, yes. and so we should be a bouquet for Neville. And I know this will always be this fact. And I know because I have pictures of him when he was Did five years old. Did you say fact old. or fat? Fact. I thought he said fat. Yeah. I was going to say. Do you know what? Boy. There'll be no. Fat. Don't tell anyone. There'll be no fat chat. <laughs> Do you know what we lost? We joined Weight Watchers, and mm-hmm. here's what we lost during COVID: thirty-seven dollars a month. That's what we lost <laughs> at COVID. It was ridiculous. That's that's what that is. But this is Neville McKay. Back to the matter at hand. This is your bouquet, Neville McKay. <laughs> is a boy in the country that was raised, he learned his colors and counting by his mother teaching him by go out and count the daffodils, go out and count the daisies. But that boy finds his flower in the woods and he'll go into moss and lake and wildflowers and trees and he'll sit there and suck in the light and the quiet and he can disappear for a good amount of time. But what is miraculous is he comes out of that wood And he is back to himself. All the stress of his life goes away and he just finds this balance that's always been there but has been kind of shaken because life is hard sometimes. That's where he finds his flowers, is nature. Absolutely. I love going to the forest and just sitting on a rock. No, it's a gift. And looking at some pretty flowers or textures of leaves and things. Mm. It's glorious. But you have to be present to appreciate them. You're so right, Nancy. Absolutely. Because really that's the whole thing. If you live in now... Do you know, I heard something, if you have one foot in yesterday and one foot in tomorrow, you are pissing on today. And, and there, <laughs> right? And there it is. But oh, it's true. Like I'm a visual person. And that, yeah, I think we I all see, just saw that. I, but I know okay. you're not going to see that on a Hallmark card, but maybe you should. But it's, it's the God's truth. I mean, that is it. And it takes work to let go of what was and, and fear of what could be and just live in today. So that is today's sermon. One last question. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. and I know I can get in trouble with this, but what is the one thing after all these years together that you love doing together the most? I think it's silent. I think it's that silence, just that comfort of not having to <clears throat> tap dance for each other or wondering yeah. what someone's thinking or what could I do to inspire, you know, some action or, you know, a different conversation. It's just that simplicity that we're good as we are. And that's that's the one right there. 
I love getting into bed with this man. And not for the you know, jiggery pokery, but it's just to get into bed at the end of the day and go, oh, there, we made it. We made it another day. And, and that was it. We might turn on something on television. We always do. And David's asleep that like that before the opening credits. But it's a comforting feeling. And that's something that I will always, always treasure is to know that I can, I can lay next to someone who I love, I trust, and will be there in the morning when I wake up. Brilliant. Beautiful. And Nancy, thanks for sharing love across the country with so many wonderful people. That's an incredible thing that you're doing. And, you know, in as much as you know it's good and you know it's good for others and you know all that sort of stuff. That's right on. Beautiful. Good on you, girl. Well, you know, we, we have loved, uh, on the Canadian Love Map, we have loved hearing the feedback from people through the past uh, couple of dark years yep. at times yes. that uh, it's buoyed them that uh, the stories of love that we've shared have really lit up uh, their lives a bit. And that that's what we're doing it for. It's good. It's, you know, that's why we do good. it. And um, well, I hope what we better way to spend your time. Thanks so much for listening to the Canadian Love Map. If you love us, please subscribe and share. And if you want to help us spread the love even more, rate and review our podcast. We'll be back next week with another love story to add to the map. This podcast is presented and made possible by Charm Diamond Centers. It's hosted by me, Nancy Regan, and is produced and distributed by Podstarter. This has been a Podstarter production. production.